You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic news episode of the Ask Drone You podcast. This is going to be one exciting show as we discuss the global drone market. It's supposed to grow, but in a nuanced area that you may not be thinking about. In addition, the FAA finally launches a system for recreational pilots to access controlled airspace. But how will they find out about it? In addition, we'll learn about UPS's Flight Forward program, and on top of that, we're going to talk about how Parrot is now going after the enterprise drone market. Joining me today to go over all these stories and more is Mr. Haya Costello from Drone DJ. Haya, welcome to the show. Hey, Paul, good morning. As always, a pleasure to be here. And I'm, uh, like you, excited to get into all these stories. I think we have a, an awesome list of articles to go through today. Yes, it is It is an extensive list, Haya. And there is a mm. lot of detail and information. I hope everyone is really listening in this go around because there's going to be pieces of information that I hope spark interest or further thought about a particular issue. And we may not go into it today, but I think it's going to be a lot of information for people to really take in. You may even want to listen twice because the future of the market could literally be showcased or forecasted in some of the information that we provide today. So Haya, in this week's drone news, what do you have for us? Yeah, let's start with uh, the biggest drone news this week for uh, hobbyist drone pilots, or as the FAA likes to call them, recreational flyers. On July 23rd, the FAA made uh, it mandatory for uh, recreational flyers to use LANS to fly in controlled airspace with their drones. Now, LANS stands for Low Altitude Authorization and Notification uh, Capability. And basically, it's an automated system that you would use to um, announce your wish to fly your drone in controlled airspace. And then almost in real time, you get an approval back. Or sometimes if you can't, then it will be disapproved. Uh, But it's a way that commercial drone pilots have already used for more than a year by now. It slowly rolled out throughout the US, but they've been using it for over a year to get access to controlled airspace. And on this drone show uh, with you, Paul, we already spoke about this some time ago that uh, likely this was going to be made available and mandatory for recreational flyers as well. Well, that happened this week. Um, Lens, you can use that with three different applications. You have Kitty Hawk, AirMap, and UA Sidekick. Those are the three apps that you can use to get access. And I was actually going to ask you, Paul, I mean, with your tie into a large commercial drone uh, operator network, have you heard anything in terms of like what apps people prefer and why they prefer one over the other to get uh, Lens access? Um, yeah, actually, this was a poll that we conducted inside of the drone community, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the newer pilots are not familiar with AirMap and their history, and they don't really know about the companies that they may be supporting. So I just want to, re- I just want everyone to remember, don't forget when AirMap started the noflyzone.org that was founded by Marcus, who is one of the co-founders of AirMap, that essentially allowed homeowners to showcase or to discern and make a decision to say, my house will be a no-fly zone. And that particular website was showcasing that everyone should come in, and if you don't want drones flying over your house, mark them in here, and we'll work with DJI to put these as no-fly zones in the app so people can't fly. And then on top of that, they were spending upwards of one hundred and sixty to $180,000 
every year lobbying Congress to essentially segregate the airspace so that drone pilots could only utilize the airspace from 100 to 200 feet, and they would have to pay to access that airspace. They were the ones that also were purporting to the ULC and the Tort Law Commission to essentially create the aerial trespassing conundrum that would essentially inhibit drone pilots to fly at all. So when we ask people, which app do you want to support? It's a pointed question because whenever you use a particular app, you're giving them data and that data, they can build a profile on you and sell that data to other companies. So when you use a particular app, Make sure that you trust the people behind the app and more so what are their values? What are their morals? This is why I am 100% behind UA Sidekick because they also support search and rescue operations by adding additional features that are not available with these other apps. So while UA Sidekick might not be as intuitive to use as the other apps, I ask you, are you willing to learn to essentially hit an additional button for weather instead of it popping up on screen? Because if you are, you could be protecting the market as a whole for the long run. So frankly, I love UA Sidekick. I recommend everyone check it out. I think it's a phenomenal app and program. And again, make sure you check it out. UA Sidekick in the App Store. It's it's frankly a phenomenal application. And it's a company that I personally want to support because of who they are supporting, who they are helping, and their intentions and their values as a whole. So frankly, um, I think it's uh, I think it's really it's it's a it's a great program and a great company to support. Haya. I think what we should do perhaps is uh, run a little poll and see uh, which apps people have been using so far and what their feedback is on any of these three apps. I think that would be very interesting. Uh, it also kind of brings us right to the next article uh, from DJI. DJI is recommending Kitty Hawk for everybody. And uh, that article has received quite some uh, some attention. But I wonder among the uh, commercial drone pilots if they share that same opinion. And also it is interesting because if you go to the FAA website and you look at all the different approved lens uh, surface suppliers, DJI is actually mentioned on that same list. However... DJI doesn't yet have uh, Lens available as part of their app. Uh, and you may wonder why that is. I mean, we know they're working on it. Uh, are they really? And if so, when is that going to come available? Uh, what do you think about that, Paul? Uh, I think this is the bombshell of the news because I think that this is going to be the forecast of how successful the system is as a whole, frankly. Um, I think it's interesting because uh, there was someone who had commented in the DroneU community and they were saying, you know, how are recreational pilots going to learn about this system and how is the FAA essentially going to force them to comply with this system? And I was like, wow, that's a really good question. And then someone else chimed in and they said, um, from what I've been hearing in the hobby world, until drones are inhibited from taking off in controlled airspace, it may be difficult to force hobby or recreational mm. drone pilots to utilize this system. So I think that information is extremely interesting. And that's where that's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, we know from Germany that educating drone flyers and, of course, especially the recreational drone flyers has made a huge, huge impact on safety. And the number of uh, drone incidents when actually uh, went down uh, or no, sorry, it grew less 
fast in a overall growing drone market. So uh, basically, that's a, that's a reduction, uh, relatively speaking. Uh, it showcases how important education is. And I wonder, in, in that sense, like what is the FEA going to do to educate uh, hobbyist drone flyers about having to use a lens system? And how are they going to enforce that if, if people don't know about the fact that they have to use a system like that? Yeah, it's really interesting because another uh, DroneU community member had mentioned, well, like, why won't, shouldn't the FAA put pamphlets in all the DJI boxes? The last three DJI drones that I bought had those pamphlets in them. So I'm not sure how well that will work. You know, we've utilized a program as well to put pamphlets in uh, drone cases to help educate people. But I think also you make an important point that education can showcase how we can overcome hurdles. But I also think the quality of education is extremely important. And I think until many of the executives at the FAA learn how to actually operate drones, they'll be extremely resource limited in making an impact in the educational market. I totally agree. Um, you wonder how many FAA people actually fly drones themselves, maybe. Um, I think we should make it mandatory that every FAA official should have to pass the Part 107 exam. And I don't mean that if they're already a Part 61 pilot, they can go do the wings yeah. program and get the PowerPoint and just go through it. No, no, no. I think they should all be forced to literally, in order to regulate the market, they have to pass their own test. I think that should be a regulation. Ah, that's a very interesting point you bring up there. I think that's uh, that's not a bad idea at all. Well, let's look at the market as a whole. We have so many executives, Precision Hawk, um, you know, AirMap, uh, Kitty Hawk, all these people and the FAA who don't have Part 107 licenses. And it's like, how do you expect to have people listen to you when you don't even speak the same language. It's like in order to be relatable, in order to essentially be a figure of authority and credibility, you have to speak the same language and you have to know the common pitfalls that come with operating drones. You have to know the emotional experience of going out when it's 100 degrees, whether you're in Atlanta or California, and understanding how difficult it is to comply with some of these regulations that may actually make your operation less safe. So I also think it's important too that maybe the FAA Part 107 exam should also focus on the um, the practical operations of, of operating a drone because like one very specific point here, Haya, is, you know, we talk about weather in part 107, but we don't actually talk about how do you make a risk-based decision on whether you should fly or not fly. Because we mm-hmm. recently had an enterprise client who was focusing on the FAA's green versus red light in their app on whether to fly or not fly. And I said, well, do you know the formula for that algorithm on whether you should fly or not fly? And he said, no. And I said, well, here's your formula. Well, do you have three statute miles of visibility? What What's the current windage? What's the KP index? Okay. Are you in an area with strong Wi-Fi or magnetic interference? Okay. What's your decision to fly? Because regulation-wise, it comes down to how many statute miles of visibility do you have, right? Are you in inclement weather? Because if you're in inclement weather, chances are you don't have the three miles of of, uh, visibility. And then the next decision is, okay, what's the KP index? And then the next decision is, what's the windage? Because if the windage is too high for a particular pilot's skill, then obviously they can't fly. But you may have some pilots who are extremely skilled, they know how to fly into the wind, Mm. they know how to utilize added 
attitude mode to essentially let the wind push them around and still get great shots. I mean, you know, there are formulaic ways to solve problems. And until the executives of private companies and our government have hands-on real-life experience, I think their ability to react and solve some of these problems will be limited. Well, it's, it's the same thing we ran into when we were at the uh, FEA Symposium in Baltimore, when we found out that on the DUC committee, so the Drone Advisory Committee, there really wasn't any representation of commercial drone pilots, remember? Yeah. And then Vic was able to uh, to go to that session they had Thursday following the FAA Symposium. And now I think he's not on that team, but he's invited permanently as a speaker or representative of commercial drone pilots. So uh, the lack of actual hands-on experience of flying drones, I think, uh, is something you you keep running into in, in different levels of the drone industry. At what point does it become a tipping point that it actually ruins the industry's ability to grow as a whole? And I'm going to leave you with that question. Don't answer that question because we will explore this question in more depth next week. But as we talk about this growing drone market, Haya, this next piece of yeah. news for the industry is really crucial because it also showcases demand. Where is the market going? How big is the market as a whole? So for this next piece of drone news, what do you have for us? Yeah, let's talk about the global drone market. And currently this year, 2019, it's estimated that the global sales of non-military drones is about 4.9 billion US dollars. Within the next decade, that is forecasted to triple to $14 billion, let's say by 2029. Uh, that's a huge step up. Now, we all know that since last summer, the consumer drone market has cooled off somewhat. It's still expected to grow, but really the strong growth is going to come from the enterprise and commercial drone market. Tripling the market is huge. I mean, we've already seen in different industries that people are using drones in new ways and that other people are discovering how you can use drones. So it's like it's an oil spill spreading through the industry or to different industries. So think about insurance industries, mining, construction, uh, infrastructure. Uh, people are discovering that drones not only save you time and money, but also make a lot of the work that typically is done by human beings a lot safer if you do it by drone. So this report that forecasts uh, the global drone market to grow to over 14 billion by 2029 comes from Teal Group. Phil Finnegan is the author of it. You can read the article, uh, of course, on Drone DJ. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to to find out that uh, at least the expectations for the global drone market are this positive. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, it was uh, recently, uh, last night, I watched the Netflix documentary, The Great Hack, and they said that data is now the most valuable asset on the planet. It's not gold. It's not hmm. the U.S. dollar. It is data. And when companies realize that these drones can provide data and how valuable that data is, it makes it's a very easy to understand linear projection of more and more companies utilizing drones because drones can help fend off lawsuits. I mean, we have construction companies who literally are just documenting every single day of a construction site via orthomosaics to prove what has been done in case problems mm. arise in the future. And with drones, they can limit the liability and the expenses that come with those lawsuits based on data. It's like, here's the clear evidence. We did what we yeah. said we did. You can't argue with this, period. So I yeah. think once more and more companies understand that data is extremely valuable, that data can solve problems, and data can also limit liability, it makes sense why more and more companies and more and more enterprise users are coming to the market. Totally, totally. So in this next piece of drone news, 
it looks like the next piece of the Industrial Revolution continues to take flight as UPS is getting into the logistical drone game as well. What do you have for us, Haya? Yeah, so uh, this is UPS Flight Forward. It's a newly formed subsidiary of uh, UPS, and it's focused on making drone delivery a routine uh, occurrence. Um, Google's Wing Aviation already uh, got the approval from the FAA to start testing remote areas in the United States with drone deliveries. That happened recently. Now UPS is pursuing the same Part 135 certification process. So basically, they're going to be treated as a air carrier and operator meaning that you have to live up to a whole different set of standards with your drone delivery operation. But they're pursuing that, and the expectation is that UPS Flight Forward will actually be approved before the end of this year. So you have wing aviation uh, pursuing uh, drone deliveries. You have UPS now. Of course, we all know that Amazon is pursuing this as well. So a lot of those big tech companies are really uh, pushing forward with drone deliveries. And I think that's probably one of the um, biggest new, newly uh, opens parts of the industry basically going forward in the drone world. I mean, there's so many things you could do with drones uh, when it comes to making deliveries faster, cheaper, and also environmentally friendly, or more friendly at least, uh, that I think we'll see a lot of action here. Now, UPS is not entirely new to deliveries by drone. Uh, as part of the UAS IPP program, they've been testing in North Carolina with Maternet, which is a Swiss-based company. And also UPS had done tests previously with Zipline in Rwanda. So they do have some experience under their belt, of course, already. Uh, now they're uh, looking to become a uh, FAA-approved drone delivery company right here in the U.S. So we'll be uh, we'll be sure to follow this story as it develops. But I think it's very exciting. I think it is really exciting. Now, hi, I have a question for you. With Amazon taking over the reins of a lot of U.S. retail and U.S. retailers essentially seeing a downturn since the inception of Amazon Prime and the ability to bridge the gap from people ordering online to that instantaneous. Mm -hmm emotion of acquiring that package at the door. Two-day shipping has been a huge thing. Walmart is moving to one-day shipping and Amazon is moving to one-day shipping. Do you believe that these programs like UPS Flight Forward and Google Wing, do you think those two programs could essentially help uh, reinvigorate the U.S. retail market outside of Amazon as those companies are able to provide near instant delivery of products to consumers locally? Possibly. I mean, um, Internet in many ways is uh, levels the playing field, right? I mean, a lot of smaller companies get tools that are similar or quite similar to what bigger companies have available or, or already had available. Now, I don't think you can underestimate Amazon. I mean, they're very high tech. They got deep pockets and they're relentless in pursuing efficiencies and also new technology. So I, I would totally not underestimate uh, Amazon in that regard. However, uh, of course, UPS is a company that's been around and they know a thing or two about delivery and logistics. So if they can get to grips with drone technology and implement that successfully, I could see how you could connect that with smaller retailers and at least give them a chance to stand up to companies like Amazon. I mean, Amazon, uh, even though it has its own brands as well, uh, it's a platform for people to use and smaller retailers can use it as well. But smaller retailers can also opt not to use it. And if there was a different platform available where they could make the same delivery times of their products, but now using other channels like UPS, 
maybe that will be a viable option. Now, you also mentioned Walmart. Uh, of course, that's a massive retailer as well, also with the deep pockets. Um, I don't think Walmart is going to sit still and let this all happen uh, to them. Uh, so I would definitely keep my eyes on those guys as well, because I'm sure they're going to come up with uh, some kind of response to, uh, to both Amazon and UPS. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, as we move on into the news this week, there is so much news that has such a macro value for society as a whole as we continue to develop as a uh, modernized society. But with that, it seems like while some uh, police stations are using drones more and more, it seems like a recent company, Cape, has decided to not offer certain drones. What do you have for us, Haya? Yeah, uh, this company Cape uh, is a software company that's uh, used to pair their solution with DJI drones and it provides uh, additional autonomous flying uh, capabilities to those DJI drones and they've grown pretty quickly selling their services to law enforcement agencies both in the US and outside of the United States. Now they just released an announcement that they are going to stop pairing their software with DJI drones and any other Chinese uh, unmanned aircraft for that matter and they said we'll make a list available of the other drone companies that you can choose from and as of now the list is really really short and it only has one name on it and it's Skydio and it's an interesting story because the Skydio offices apparently are only about a mile away from the Cape offices in California so those guys must have met up during lunch or during a coffee break I would imagine and uh, shared some ideas Um, what we do know about Skydio though is that Skydio is going to come out with a new drone this fall And it's rumored to be a legit DJI Mavic 2 competitor. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Skydio comes out with. If they're going to team up with Cape, then we would have a U.S.-made drone or a U.S.-developed drone with U.S. software that's then going to be offered to law enforcement. So that might actually be, uh, be quite a success story. On the other hand, of course, uh, we still have to wait and see what Skydio comes out with. We do know uh, and fly the DJI drones, and a lot of people in law enforcement already use DJI products and are very familiar with uh, with those products. So I'm not quite sure how quickly you're going to change uh, people's minds and their habits and if you can actually uh, lure them away from DJI products. Cape, however, has said that uh, they will honor their existing contracts with law enforcement agencies, but only up till 12 months from now. So as those contracts come up, they will not be renewed using DJI products. Uh, by then, the Skydio drone has to be available uh, or maybe some other products. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see because really, apart from the DJI products, there aren't that many U.S.-made and U.S.-developed drones available that law enforcement agencies could be using. So it's an interesting uh, story for sure. It is a very interesting short story for sure. And I feel like we have kind of forecasted this development throughout the year as the Phantom line has come out of production and back into production. And we said, what an opportunity for other manufacturers to come in. Mm-hmm. And then the security concerns came about. And, and, you know, like we said, for 90% of people out there, it doesn't really matter. But there is a small sliver of clients that are working in specialized areas that those right. clients are saying, you can't use DJI. And that's a real problem. Whether it's founded on information that is correct or incorrect, it's a real problem. And there are real concerns. So, again, only impacts a very small um, area of the industry as a whole. But, Haya, it is interesting that an American manufacturer is stepping up 
It also showcases the growth of the global market and manufacturers as a whole because this next piece of drone news is all about one particular manufacturer joining in to the battle to replace the Phantom and other Enterprise drones. Haya, what do you have for us? Yeah, now we're going to the uh, French drone maker. Yeah, uh, in France, they also make drones. Uh, the company called Parrot. Uh, I would imagine that most people, of course, know about Parrot and their drones. Uh, Parrot apparently is going to stop producing and competing in the toy drone market. So think of all the little drones, uh, at least including uh, products like the Tello drone, all the little Chinese drones that you can get, uh, maybe as high up as a DJI Spark. Parrot is going to move away from that market and focus on the uh, next generation of the Inafi platform. And the Inafi, of course, as we know, is the foldable drone, similar to the DJI Mavic, but smaller, lighter, and not with the same uh, capabilities, but also at a lower price point. So still a pretty interesting offering. Uh, Parrot is working on the next generation of that drone, and um, they're going to stay committed to the consumer market with that product. But we also know that Parrot has already moved into the commercial and enterprise drone markets. So um, I expect that they're going to yeah, solidify their offering uh, for those customers as well. Of course, we've already seen their work offering that they came out with last year and then the thermal version of the Inafi drone that they came out with uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, we've seen the same shift in focus uh, with DJI. We're seeing it now with Parrot as well. And if you look at that global market prediction, uh, of the drone market growing so fastly. It's uh, it's pretty obvious where the growth is going to be, and it's for a big part in commercial and enterprise applications of drones. Well, Haya, I'm really excited to launch our new enterprise-class structure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, humble brag. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Just think of all those people you need to train. It's going to be a booming... But actually, I, I should start a drone uh, university up here in New York, maybe. Hey, you know, <laughs> we got a great program to to uh, branch out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just have to say, I'm so excited to hear this news about Parrot because with Parrot's Anolfi thermal drone competing with the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual for half the price... Um, while it doesn't fly like the Mavic Pro, a little added weight and a change in the CG, I think, would make it much more palatable to fly in, like, tough winds. But I'm really excited to see Parrot entering this market as it gives us another alternative. And I think, you know, DJI yeah. probably isn't happy listening to this, and Brendan, I'm sorry, but I think competition is a good thing. So I think it's a way to help the market out as a whole because the more we can help out the drone pilot as a whole – the more we can help the market grow as a whole. And that's why yeah. I think, you know, Parrot, if you come out with a quadcopter that's portable, sub 500 millimeters with a global or mechanical shutter that's a larger than 30 megapixels and you've got interchangeable lenses and maybe you can even like change the camera off and throw a thermal on there, you have a drone that everyone wants. I mean, it's that simple. If you provide an interchangeable payload that's quick, easy to travel with at a decent price point, I could see Parrot blowing up. Totally. Yeah, and uh, at least it's not a Chinese company, so you take away all those concerns. So if you have the right product, I think the opportunity is ripe and it's there for the taking. So we'll, uh, we'll keep a close eye on that company and see what they come out with. 
Couldn't agree more, Haya. Well, thank you again for joining me on another episode of Ask Drone You as we go over the news. This has been a fun one. This has been an exciting one because there's a lot that will be affected down the line based off of what's going on. And it's exciting. You know, there's been a huge change in the market and it's exciting to see how these tides are changing. I totally agree with you. I think in that sense, uh, there's there's still a lot of question marks, of course, in the in the drone industry, in the drone market, and as uh, how and and where things are are heading. Uh, we still have things that need to be resolved, like remote ID. But I mean, at the same time, it makes for a very interesting time. I mean, you have all these companies pursuing new opportunities. You have all these changes. Uh, I think a lot of people are starting to see the possibilities that drones offer. Um, yeah, it's a super interesting time, and I can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen next there. Could not agree more, Haya. I just want to say thank you again. And uh, looking forward to celebrating your birthday next weekend. (laughs) So if everyone can help me in saying happy birthday, Haya, um, I think we are really excited to join you in New York to celebrate your birthday and shoot a couple podcasts. So again, my friend, happy birthday. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, man. And looking forward to meeting up with you in uh, in New York. And uh, we'll find a nice spot to uh, to do our next uh, show from in New York City. I cannot wait for that show. And I think if everyone enjoys the the, the rants and the entertaining anger and frustration, they're really going to love this show. So I'm excited as well. Thank you again for everyone listening to the show. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. And we are uh, grateful, as always, that you are here. Hiya, happy birthday. I know you turned 22, so uh, happy birthday man thank you man appreciate it (laughs) see you soon (laughs) Uh, well we will see you in new york and again everyone please go to the drone dj facebook page or twitter or instagram and uh, tell hi a happy birthday for us because he's a amazing part of this drone industry as rick from gpc would say he is the fabric of the industry and he's like family so hope you treat him like family like we do hi thank you again thank you thank you thanks pleasure being here It's a pleasure being here with you. And thank you to everyone else for listening in. That's going to do it for us today for another episode of Ask Drone You. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review as it helps other people find us. So thank you. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.